0: Welcome to the Indoor AirPod, a show dedicated to our shared surroundings with industry heavyweights that are dedicated to designing, developing, manufacturing, and disrupting the status quo in order to make all our spaces cleaner and safer for everyone.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the Indoor AirPod. I'm Gary Moody, the host. My guest today is Denny Berenger. His company is Casino Air in California. He's the actual founder of it. Denny, great to have you on the Indoor AirPod. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate your invite. I've met a, a lot of different HVAC contractors in my past in Florida. Denny, but I, I don't ever recall meeting someone where you've got a very specialized experience dealing with casinos, casino HVAC, and, and obviously the Iq problems. Um, why, don't, why don't we take it and spend just a, a little bit of time. You founded the company, Casino Air, and your son, Jason, as I understand it, is the president. Jason, yes, he's the CEO. Okay. I founded
0: the company in 1971. And... I retired about 2 years ago officially I'm chairman of the board still involved in the in the uh, operation of the business but uh, Jason handles all the day to day he's been doing that for close to 20 years
1: is your is casino air at this point in time is 100% of your business just casinos or is it also commercial
0: yeah uh majority of it is casinos right now. We do some uh commercial work uh some we we've done some uh grow houses with the uh, problems that they have emitting all the odors out into you know the area where they're located and creating a lot of complaints by uh, landowners and residents. So, we've we've uh, we but casinos is our cup of tea. That's where we've been involved for many many years, uh, um, and our product line is works very well. And so we've done very well in the casino business, and and continue. There was a slight pause of, uh, during the pandemic as everybody had some issues but a lot of the casinos stopped smoking at that time uh and most of them have started up again allowing smoking but there's still there's a handful that stayed non-smoking um
1: uh, but- it's hard yeah it's hard to believe in 2023 that smoking is allowed in any public space i mean there's still many people that smoke but i my understanding is the majority of the population does not smoke. And so I would think that the majority of the guests that come into a casino, they're non-smokers and the majority of the staff probably are non-smokers. Do casinos think they can make more money because they allow smoking? They, you know, they have to know. Well, it's, you know, there's, there's been a
0: lot of discussion regarding that. And uh, one of the, Uh, One of Harrah's casinos in New Orleans had to quit smoking. The city made them stop. And they published a story. It's online. They lost over $70 million in the following two years because they lost all their smoking customers that went down the street. The city stopped smoking, but the county didn't. So there were other casinos within a few miles of Harrah's. So that's where all their smoking clientele went. And okay. it, it was pretty painful for them. Uh, uh, it, there's a lot of articles out there regarding that. Some people say they've done studies and they, you don't lose business, you gain business. But that's not the normal belief of the casino <laughs> owners. Uh, there's only one casino on the Strip that doesn't allow smoking at this point so that would tell you if it was that easy they'd all quit because it's a problem you know it's 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 an issue and uh uh it's like i say it's it's uh it's very controversial uh and you're right there's the the small Uh, Casinos are the last haven for smokers. (laughs) That's that's why there's so much smoking in casinos. Is because it's about the only, literally the only place you can go to smoke in most areas now. Texas and some states have allow smoking still in pubs and bars uh, if they're in the county and they're not in the city. And there's there's some areas like that out there, but
1: very very few. Regarding uh, removing tobacco smoke from a casino. Um, what what type of technologies do you employ? How do you most effectively do that? Uh, well, first of all, we start.
0: Everything starts at the air handlers, and that's pretty much true with any air quality issue. Is that the air handlers are where you need to start, and so uh, we we do we have to go on site and spend a couple of days there looking at the mechanicals looking at the building and seeing how everything runs and and doing some tests um, we treat the depending on the type of hvac the casino uses there's 100 percent outside air which is a very expensive uh option and uh normally once we install our system and fire it up uh, they can recirculate up to 50 or 60% of that uh uh conditioned air that they're exhausting out of the building so it's a very uh, huge energy savings uh for the casino operator if he if he is running the 100% outside air application and there's a lot of design out there like that uh Re- regarding
1: uh regarding the casino's uh as as we both know, buildings use an enormous amount of energy. It's very very expensive. How do you how do you merge the combination of reducing or controlling the energy, and at the same time, you know, removing the smoke and the bacteria and you know all the other uh, potential contaminants that are in there? Well, we're very, very challenging. We, we,
0: we treat the uh, problem two ways. We treat it in the air handler. We install. Uh, Merv 14 electronic air cleaners, our CA 7000 line, okay. in the return in the return, uh, and t- that basically captures all the tar, nicotine, paper ash, all the particulate that recirculates through the air handlers, and then uh, r- right up by the filter banks, we install ozone generators and we flood we flood the we have a kill zone there what we call the kill zone anything comes through there uh, gets wiped out even if it's covid it's it's a high ten, intense amount of ozone into the return so that all the re, all the outside air and the air that's recirculated that comes through the filter bank and goes into the casino floor goes through our system now we also tr- we also treat the casino floor because that's where the problem is. The, the people are smoking on the floor and the smoke's laying in there. And uh, uh, you know you know what HVAC yes. is like. It's not like 100 percent of that just gets sucked up and you know exhausted or goes through the uh, return. So we treat the problem on the floor. We use uh, uh, sensor sensing devices to control output and we actually kill kill the odors on the, on the gaming floor. And it's not just cigarette smoke. It, it's perfume, it's cologne, it's body odor. I mean, casinos yeah. are famous for all those things. And there's a lot of stuff going on besides the cigarettes. But the, the, uh, by treating it in both directions, we're able to really get on top of it. And if we only treated the return, we'd be solving probably half the problem. Uh, of of the odor and and the gas phase. Okay, So that's if you're recirculating 50% of the conditioned air. If you're dumping it all outside, then we're only treating the casino floor and the outside air, the, 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 the fresh air coming in. Fresh air, they say, but that's kind of a joke in the industry anymore. I don't know how many times you've driven down the freeway and looked right, and looked left, and there's nothing but commercial buildings stacked up on both sides of the 12-lane freeway, and uh, they're pulling their fresh air off the, you know, half of them got the return, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous
1: how how bad that air quality is, and people don't understand that. What What's your thought about the long-term future of indoor air quality monitoring? in casinos and in buildings in general, don't you? do you think that's going to be something that will be on their radar and they'll want to do and invest in or not?
0: Well, I think monitoring is important, uh, very specifically like CO2 monitoring. Yeah. That's uh, that's easy to do and it's easy to solve if, if you if you ha- have your controls if uh set up so that when the co2 levels reach a certain height it triggers the the outside air damper to open and bring in more fresh air and continuously do that so co2 is very important uh the other because you can control it that way but the other products you can't control them with just ventilation so you you i could monitor for just about anything and and unless i solve it unless i fix what's causing the problem it doesn't matter so i think like with us when we install a system we have monitors throughout the casino floor and they're wireless technology and they you can go online and log in and see the levels of everything we're monitoring and 24-7 type of control of what's going on there. And then we can uh, control the systems from that respect. Uh, so it's it's very important once you have something in place to solve the problem, to monitor that, to make sure you're continuing to solve it. Uh, absolutely. So I think, you know, the... There's there's no doubt that uh, monitoring air quality is needs to be much more uh, in, uh, involved than it is. Do, do
1: so, you think, uh,
0: go ahead. Gary. Do, do you think
1: casinos are going to actually want to invest in it? Well, it w- when it comes to casinos, uh, they do
0: with us, that's what. They get as part of our package is the monitoring. If, if uh, as far as c- um, monitoring for particulate or VOCs, they're going to be high if they don't have anything there to re- remediate. So that's a pretty obvious thing. You don't want to know how high, I guess, with monitoring. But once, like I say, once you sh- solve the problem, then you need to monitor to make sure you continually have the problem
1: under control. You bet. Last year, Kaiser Health News reported that over 2,000 schools, Denny, across 44 states, bought air purifiers. And I'm sure you're aware there's a number of different brands, a lot of differences of opinion. What are your thoughts about all the money that was spent by schools? Uh, they they did it with the best of intentions, I would like to think. but In most
0: cases, yes, there was a few areas of uh, people uh, under the table, kickbacks. And those have been published, so uh, I'm, I can't detail those, but there, there, there were issues. Uh, the bottom line is that the majority of what everybody seems to want to sell to schools are portable air cleaners. And I have been involved in that portable market forever. Honeywell used to have the first portables that were ever developed uh, 50 years ago. We, we, we moved a lot of those products, uh, but not to schools. Uh, the schools have a, you have to start with the air handlers in a school. If I'm going to go to a school, the first thing I'm going to do is get on the roof. I'm going to check out the air handlers, I'm going to hopefully get the specs of what's going on. How many air changes an hour are we getting? I'm going to go down to the supplies and I'm going to measure the supplies to make sure that they add up to the CFM of the air handler. And make sure there aren't any broken uh, ducts in the system and, and that I'm getting what I'm supposed to out of the air handler. Yeah. And if not, then that's the first thing that needs to be done is that needs to be fixed. So that if I've got a twenty thousand cfm air handler, I'm not getting
1: ten thousand cfm out of the ductwork. You bet. So, uh, regarding schools, uh, my understanding is a large percentage of the air purifiers were portable in nature, but there were some induct air purifiers. And there's one company that reportedly generate tens of millions of dollars for their bipolar ionization tech. But what are your thoughts about bipolar? ionization well i'm on record obviously
0: on linkedin very specifically for uh, I, i think bipolar ionization is just a buzzword in my opinion there's no science to back up what it does they their technology supposedly uses a combination of negative and positive ions and charging the particulate. And then that particulate makes its way through the room and up into the return and gets captured by the filters or gets exhausted, depending on the amount of exhaust they're using. Uh, Our engineers have tested adding negative, positive ions to negative ions and the results were that the negative ions were better on their own. So I just don't have any faith in bipolar ionization. It's ionization is just that you charge particulate and like with Honeywell, Honeywell has electronic air cleaners that go in your furnace. They've had them for 70 years. Uh, We've installed tens of thousands of them. They charge the particulate using ionization Charge and attach it to a collecting cell, and those collecting cells load, and they get very dirty. And as they load, the efficiency drops way down. So it's it's a it's a it's a good process, but you better clean the filters all the time, or else you'll be operating at very low efficiency. So ionization's been around for uh, since I think since about nineteen eighteen. Uh, it it's just that simple it's just a it's just a negative charge to the particulate but with bipolar ionization they recommend that the filter be in front of the of the ionization instead of behind it which absolutely makes no sense it never did to me because if you're going to charge particulate you want to capture it you don't want to think or tell someone it's going to go down the supply duct and float through the room and make its way up into the return and get captured by the filter it's going to stick if if you notice places that use ionization you look up at their supply their supply uh uh and and there's black all around you could i mean you've probably seen that if you went into places that's an ionization that's that's where a lot of that particulate sticks to as soon as it comes out it sticks to the nearest surface or it falls to the floor, falls on your patron's hair, on their clothes. I mean,
1: it's crazy to charge particulate and not collect it. This, this might, is. my understanding. I've yeah. talked to a lot of. I talked with a lot of HVAC contractors in the past, and I would I would randomly ask them how often do they see a dirty, filthy uh, air filter, and you know, even one that's very, very clogged. Do you think America has a a filter change problem?
0: Uh, well, it, depending on whether it's a residential or a commercial, I would say more commercial than residential, they have a problem. And uh, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, there's a lot of turnover in the business, and, and there's a shortage of qualified HVAC people. So when you hire someone, to, it, it just depends. If... if, if if, they, if they're organized and they change the filters as often as they should, but a lot of them don't understand it. It's just how often, or the owners, or the, or the money involved. Some of these filters are very expensive. So you change them every three months instead of every month and you save 200%. So a lot of it has to do with money, uh, but a lot of it has to do with just knowledge. of of the typical hvac person i mean that if you're going to hire a full-time technician uh, depending on the type of business you have then uh it's hard it's difficult to get to get and they need to have more education there there needs to be more technology more HBA schools popping up to train these people because there's a huge demand Throughout Absolutely. all these years in the, working with casinos, I could have placed a hundred facilities directors. Uh, I mean, it, we w- I've seen so many and incom- so much incompetence there that, uh, uh, and that's part of the thing with our equipment. Once we install it and we start it up and it's working perfectly, and then for a long time we expected our customers' facilities department to maintain it.
1: You bet, yeah. and, it, and it doesn't you know, ha- doesn't happen quite yeah, like that yeah. a lot
0: of times. One or two out of ten would do it, and the other eight wouldn't. And so they're calling to say, hey, "We need," you know. So we've changed our marketing in the last several years, I and mean, uh, we're what we do now when we install a system that's completely involved that includes full service. We come in every quarter, change all the filters do all the adjustments and everything necessary and we've just found that that's the best way to keep our equipment running properly
1: uh, for for a yeah, long time preventative maintenance and uh it's really really important to have somebody that's knowledgeable and dedicated to taking care of the hvac system recently denny i think it was a month ago there were two i think at least two hotels in las vegas uh apparently there was uh, some outbreak of Legionnaires disease. Yes, Vegas of all places. Were Mm -hmm. were you ever involved with Legionnaires? Well,
0: it's, 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 it's so rare. Well, I don't think it's as rare as it seems people think it is, but it's just, it's not uncovered as often as, as it should be. But with our system, Legionnaire develops on usually the coils of the air handling equipment, and we install before the coils. So we'll kill all that, Legionnaires, uh, on, on, on when we're treating that air handler. Same as COVID. We're going to, as you know, the new ASHRAE guidelines they came out with that one of the manufacturers uh, I think he's the only one who's actually been approved
1: uh, uses ozone. 241 compliant i think that's what yes referred yeah. to right Re- regarding uh you know how about radon is there any concerns with any casinos you've worked with about radon and obviously there's mold and there's all types of threats radon i thought
0: is nothing we really deal with i mean we'll we'll deal with it if it's there it, it, ozone will deal with with the radon if it exists in casinos i'm i'm not very that familiar with radon. i thought it comes out of the earth right is
1: it a is it a it's, um, it's, down, it's down below it's below the yeah. earth that's where it originates right. and it's something that i think personally it's, it's really under the radar and uh, you know it's it's it, it's a serious threat. American Lung Association says it's a top threat. But I was just curious about that regarding the M word that we all know, mold. Do casinos have mold issues that are, that are serious? <laughs> sometimes, you know, I.
0: It, it's not something we get called calls on. It's, hey, we've got a serious mold problem. Now it depends on where they're at. If they're in a high humidity area like Florida, very easily they. to take a lot more precaution there than they would if they were in montana or wyoming but uh, uh, they have problems with with the coils on their air handlers getting dirty Uh, there can be molded mildew up into that section because there's a lot of humidity there Uh, but again when we treat an air handler we treat that problem so we're going to keep the coils much cleaner over a longer period of time and you won't uh, but again that's part of maintenance is that the casino operators maintenance staff are supposed to clean the coils well you know they you know how that goes it's just crazy how (laughs) little how much of that is overlooked and just you know not done anywhere near as often as it should Now the two places in Las Vegas that I was aware, I I was aware of that. uh, That uh, I'm surprised at that that they just happened to discover that now. I would think that – I, I don't know what it is, but I get sick every time I go to Las Vegas. I don't – you know, I just – if I'm there for G2E or whatever, it seems like every time I go there, I come home with
1: something. Did it, did it have anything to do with you losing any money by chance? No, I don't.
0: I quit gambling a while okay. ago, so I, I don't uh, indulge there. But it just okay. has to do with, with being around so many people. Yeah. from all parts of the world and who knows what who's got what you, and you the bet. air quality in the casinos uh, you know if they're not addressing it it's pretty ugly you bet uh, you've i'm sure you've been in a lot of casinos in your uh, in your life where you walked through a, you couldn't stand the smoke and the smell uh, and the
1: odor. yeah you know, yeah it's how it, they've existed it, so long with allowing tobacco but it, you know that's the past the most important thing is the future I'm sure you're aware of this, but the Biden administration uh, a week or two weeks ago in conjunction with 25 U.S. state governors have declared that they want 20 million heat pumps installed by 2030. What type of questions are are your clients asking about heat pumps? Uh, you know, where's this going to go? Well, Tuesday? The
0: casino businesses—they uh, don't use heat pumps. I mean, our, the air handlers—if you look at the average casino rooftop, they're very large air handlers. I, you know, hundred tons, hundred and twenty tons. Uh, It's—they it, it, use very. They have a lot of space to heat and cool. And I—I uh, uh, I don't re- that the, the heat pump to me always seemed more a residential product line or uh, the small uh uh strip malls you know thousand two thousand square feet stuff that they break into pieces and i i'm not real familiar with heat pumps in the casino uh application i i don't even recall seeing them uh, unless it's some little small card room somewhere or something like that, so I, 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 I don't like the mandates that are going on right now in our country. But uh, I, I, I was aware of that. It's it's uh, in your opinion is that is this something commercially
1: uh, involved or more residential? I think it's heavy under residential, but what i what i also believe that it's going to be a a commercial type of undertaking and there's a lot of confusion in the trade all over america about what's happening and what does all this mean and so it's going to be interesting to see how it all folds regarding ashray standards back in uh what 1990s denny they were much different than than they are now are they not i'm not a big fan of ashray to be
0: very honest with you and i'll tell you why it's my opinion that ashrae created sick building syndrome and back in the 70s when we were in and we were had the energy crunch but ashrae came out with new guidelines that said hey we've got to conserve energy so instead of 20 cfm per applica, per, per, per per uh uh Person outside air, we want you to reduce your design to five. So all of a sudden, all these buildings start popping up energy tight. Five percent okay. outside, uh, five CFM per person. Well, all of a sudden, sick building popped up. Yeah. Nobody talked about sick building syndrome before that, but then they started to recirculate all of that you know, heavy recirculation of all the pollution inside the buildings. And now, you know, now it's back up where it should be. I think it's 25 CFM per person. But I, I personally, that's why I, I, I'm not a real big fan of ASHRAE. It's just like now this new thing they brought out about here's what you need to do to uh, in indoor air quality. Well, I don't know how, how do they know that. Do they, have they all been in business and went in and seen these buildings and looked in deep into what the problems are? I don't think so. They just kind of come up with their idea. And I know it's a a group of engineers. We, at one time, about 30 years ago, we submitted two very detailed papers to ASHRAE for publication regarding using ozone in, in commercial buildings. And well-documented, very, very good reports, 15, 20 pages long. They looked at them. They looked at them. They went through them, and finally, they came, they had a vote on the board, and it was very close, but but it was like I forget four to three or whatever against publishing them because Ashray has always been really against ozone. They, they all they think of is the ozone in the atmosphere and how harmful it is. But if they did their homework, they would realize if you go up into the mountains, and you go on to a nice lake, take an ozone reading. It's twice as high as it is in the city, and it's well over the .05, twenty four seven mandated, you know, by uh, government. So it's 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 very misleading, and, uh, and there's a lot of cities uh, in this country where the, where they do a lot of ozone readings, and they'll get outside ozone higher than the .05 just downtown, and it'll stay there for eight hour periods. So, but but again, rays against ozone because of the damage it can do in high volumes and you know what it does uh uh so, so I, I they've always not been a real friend of ours that's why we did these reports and submitted them to them and it woke them up a little bit but they, they I, we got a letter from the editor uh, of Ashley saying that uh this like a three to two vote not to publish your articles but yeah. mostly because of maybe pro ozone, which is not ashring.
1: So it was like, okay, well, so, anyway, that's it, it, that's the past, and most important thing is the future. the um, The focus long time ago was all about energy savings. The amount of energy and the energy utility bill for large buildings is is massive. But the focus now wants to conserve that energy, and at the same time protect human health. Do you think that's going to be definitely the direction of all this in the long term? Help help building owners, operators, conserve energy, uh, keep that as best under control, but at the same time, make sure human health is protected? Well, that's very difficult to do,
0: to conserve energy and, and get rid of pollution, because most people advocate... Ventilation as the first step in getting rid of uh, uh, indoor air uh, air problems, and when you ventilate, uh, uh, you use uh, you can only ventilate up to a certain level. Because in a lot of places, the outside air is just as bad as the inside yeah. air. And so it's like, wait a second, I'm going to pull this fresh air off the freeway and ventilate my building. Um, it's not going to happen. So you, you need to have, you, you need to address particulate VOCs through your air handling system. No matter who you use or, or, or what you use, you need to address it there. And that's where you have to stop it because that's where it's coming in. And so w- without smoking, uh, you don't have to treat the floor, the space. You just need to treat the outside air coming in and, and, and the recirculate. The, the more you can recirculate, the less energy you use. Right. So uh, if you're getting rid of the varmints, uh with technology you can recirculate more of that conditioned air i mean i can't tell you how many buildings i've walked up to walked up got on top of the building started looking at the air handlers and some of the older casinos that have uh older equipment the fresh air the outside air damper shut tight hard to just of cl- just closed and the reason is that they can't keep temperature in the building. The demand for air conditioning is so high that if they don't
1: recirculate 100%, they can't. They'll lose the building. You bet. That's that's very challenging, Denny. You're an expert in this, and obviously, first and foremost, there has to be comfort uh, conditioned air, whether it's AC or heat. And secondly, the you know the owners operators are very concerned about all the money that they have to spend on energy savings, and then there's this IAQ thing, so to speak. It, it's an extremely difficult challenge. Is To so the best your knowledge, is ASHRAE behind IAQ monitoring now? Do you think moving forward, is, is that something you're, you know... You know, I to? haven't
0: spent a lot of time, re- you know, reading what ASHRAE's up to, uh, other than this new uh, perimeter they laid out. I... I don't know what their stance is on monitoring. Uh, you would probably know that more than I would, because I don't pay attention to ASHRAE, and uh, they don't. Uh, their guidelines are don't really reflect a casino. It's it's if you look at some of their guidelines for smoking rooms, which they have. Here's what here's what ashray says now: Don't smoke. Right. They try. They tried. Everything they they changed their position on smoking several times over the years, and each time it was more and more ventilation. This, uh, but they were never were able to solve the problem. So they will tell you right now, don't smoke. That's their position on on ventil- uh, you know, on air quality in a, in a
1: smoking. Uh, uh, property. You bet. Well, Den- Denny, our time is winding down. I-, I sure would like to thank you for coming on the indoor air AirPod. And and at a later date, you would be certainly welcome to come back on or your son, Jason. Uh,
0: Jason would love to. And he's running the day-to-day now. He's more involved than I am. So he- okay. he's got some pretty, uh, he's been doing a tremendous amount of research in the last year, as you probably know. I think you've talked to him. Yes. Uh, and so he's—he's—we're—we're uh, we're changing directions a little forward, uh, on our monitoring, and uh, and our 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 uh, sensing devices. And and he's spent a lot of time looking at that. And and uh, so yeah, that'd
1: be great. I you know he'd love to be on. All right. Thank you very much for being on the indoor air pod today, Denny. Great, greatly appreciated. Thank you for asking me, Gary. Thank you for listening to the Indoor AirPod, produced by Gaslight STL, your podcast partner. Be sure to give our show a follow to keep up with upcoming guests and topics. And please reach out with any questions or guest suggestions.